Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of Utopia to Me with me, your host, Chris Locke. How's it going? Uh, thanks for tuning in. It's a, uh, it's, I'm doing the intros and outros for these next two episodes at nighttime uh, because the two go hand in hand. We're starting with a part one this week and a part two next week. Uh, with Peter Stevens, all right? Peter Stevens is a Canadian comedian, improviser, sketch writer, uh, extraordinaire, uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comedian, and also uh, a well-educated teacher of uh, students. And uh, so he's he's he was really excited to come on Utopia to Me, and I was really excited to have him on. And he's got a million and one ideas, and honestly, it was two hours worth of ideas so we're going to just start this one now. It's part one of Peter Stevens. And before we get going, I just want you to know that uh, uh, I'm really relaxed right now. It's the evening. Just uh, just to give you a mental picture of how I'm doing, uh, I'm hanging out in uh, some sweatpants shorts, sweatpants that I turned into shorts, and I'm not wearing uh, a shirt. And I have to admit, it's a nice summer night. I looked in the mirror, and I'm starting to, I, I sort of think I look a little bit like, I, I, well, I wonder if I look like the Iron Sheik. From the wrestling, you know what I mean? Iron Sheik. I think I kind of look like him right now. The belly, I ate a lot of uh, Mexican food for uh, tacos and stuff for dinner. Maybe I, you know, maybe I kind of look like the Iron Sheik. That's not that bad, is it? Without a shirt on? Anyways, well, maybe it's more like Captain Lou Albano. Now we're going way back into the eight, early 80s of wrestling. But anyways, just wanted to let you guys know how I'm doing. It's late at night. I'm about to fly out to Winnipeg tomorrow morning for a whole week. If uh, So for some reason, if you listen to this podcast tomorrow when it comes out, guess what? And you're in Winnipeg? I'm in your city for the whole week doing stand-up at Rumors. Anyways, didn't mean to plug that. Just did it uh, inadvertently. So now that I've given you a mega spiel and I've let you know where, and let you know where I'm at, we're going to dive in to Peter Stevens' part one, Utopia to Me, Part one, Peter Stevens. Repeat it again. Here we go. Enjoy. And we're rolling like that. It's just like that. So Amazing. are you comfortable? I'm very comfortable. I'll adjust. <laughs> Those are a couple throw pillows uh, from oh. the Target that's not around anymore. Target was here in Canada for two seconds and then they left. Oh, yeah. You know that department store? Yeah. Those throw cushions are from wow. there. Yeah. So really. That's why they look so sad. <laughs> Yeah, that's so sentimental. <laughs> Their house is gone. It's nice to have a few things, I think, in the house to remember Target. Well, that's why we went in the first place. We were like, let's yeah. get something from Target before it's gone. It's cultural. <laughs> that's what I feel about every store. When I see a new store, I'm like, I should buy something here before it's gone. To remember them. God, yeah. could you imagine? So much junk. <laughs> that, I think what that is, what life is. I mean... Collecting junk for suburbia. nostalgia? Yeah. Or suburban weirdos just buying pillows all the time. I think the fancy word for it all is capitalism. Oh. Collecting junk for nostalgia is pretty much a great definition. Capitalism is crazy because it's like this hundred year long experiment that's all collapsing right now. <laughs> like, right? Like, people have always been keeping up with the Joneses, but it's only in the last, like, turn of the century that they were like, we all need to buy things all the time. Yeah. 
And really it, weird. And maybe, maybe we're gonna dive right into it. I'm gonna say to the people that you're listening to, it. my guest today uh, is Peter Stevens. Hi, everyone out there. Yeah. Before we start getting really crazy right off the bat. Yeah, and you know what? I I'm realizing now that I'm here. Yeah. Because I'm doing the podcast, I don't hear the intro music. Yeah. That gets me so in the mood. You're for this one podcast. of the people that listens to the, the uh, actual podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's great. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, and if you're, you're out there listening, listen to this podcast. Uh, I don't know how it works. <laughs> how do you I think it? if you yell loud enough into the mic, <laughs> okay, people's okay, con- yeah. iTunes shake. Okay, hold your earbuds out to the room. I just want to give this <laughs> podcast a shout out to other people. Ready? One, two. No, you do it. I'm not going <laughs> to yell in your ear. You do it. Utopia to me. Let's <laughs> you- get that people before we, uh, you teach me about capitalism. Uh, we don't have to talk about that, but you're you're. Uh, I want to tell people that are listening exactly who you are if they don't know, because you're a super funny comedian from Canada. You heard it Toronto, here, Toronto, and also a, this is on the record now. A super smart teacher. Yeah, yeah. And comedy, yeah, your accomplishments smart. are your amazing sketch troupe Elephant Empire, and you do Catch Twenty Three solo performances that blow everybody away. Because everybody usually does improv in teams, and you're just like, I'll be everybody. Right? <laughs> yeah. And you ca- win all the time, don't I you? Fe- I feel a bit conflicted about that, though, because I think part of the beauty <laughs> in improv oh, is I working together. Saying. Yeah. So it's kind of like a sweet solo acrobat. You're like, it's cooler with more people. Yeah. But I feel like you must have d- done it once for a lark, and then people were like freaked out, and they're like, do it again, please. Yeah. Because I, I ha- people were requesting you. They- Adam Colley. Uh, and I had a quick team, and then he started working at Second City. Colin's yeah. a great improviser. Yeah. So naturally, he bailed on me. Yeah. And now I was like, I'll try it alone. It'll and be then, fun. And then people were like, whoa. They're like, yeah. I think they really, when you solo improvise, you get a lot of credit from an audience who's like, yeah. I don't know what I would do if I were there. I don't know. So if this guy does anything, yeah. he makes me feel okay about life. <laughs> so, it's like watching a guy like free... Uh, climb a mountain with no harness and stuff. I've never thought of it that way, but now that that makes me feel a lot cooler than I thought. Yeah, I was. just say yes. Yeah, yeah. Improvising yeah. alone is like the beginning of that Mission Impossible movie where Tom Cruise is just hanging yeah. on the mountain. Yeah, that I think that's definitely. And the audience is like, so. "Can he survive? Yeah, can he pull it off? And he does because he's Tom Cruise. Yeah, if he died at the beginning of a movie, well, you're also Tom you're Cruise now. My, oh wow, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Okay, Peter Stevens is Tom Cruise as just an improv scene. You can't see this listening at home, but he jumped on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> he pretended to climb the couch. Yeah. What else? Oh, you write for Sketch Radio. Yeah, the irrelevant, irrelevant show, show on CBC on write, CBC yeah. here in Canada. Yes, what else? I do. Tell me more. What else? Wow! I also uh, I teach, as you brought up. Yeah, because I'm, I'm that's in my head now because I'm gearing up to go overseas and uh, yeah, and even for your own kicks. When I, this is when I started realizing that you're a genius is even for your own kicks. You you uh, you uh, set up lectures on like Nietzsche and stuff. Oh yeah, it's just like hey, come on out, guys, and uh, listen I, to. I was doing the no more lecture series in Toronto. Yeah. Because I taught all these high school classes. That was a few classes. years ago, yeah. yeah. I want to get back to that stuff. Yeah. I, I think when I get back from this trip in August, I want to go harder into stand-up and get those lectures going again. It was yeah. fun. Those will be two different things, the stand-up yeah. and the lectures. Although the lectures are also <laughs> kind of, you know, 
got jokes throughout. I wanted to go to the Nietzsche one, and I didn't. Do you call him Nietzsche? Nietzsche, Nietzsche. Okay. I'm okay with uh, that. But I didn't. I forget why. There was a reason. But was did he make it funny, too? Well, it would. <laughs> I hope so. I, I mean... <laughs> or, like, did entertaining. I, did right? I make it funny? Yeah. You mean... I, yeah. No, like, I mean... For me, just talking Nietzsche, actually, is entertaining enough. Yeah. It's cool to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I just lit up there being like, are we going to get into Nietzsche? I, <laughs> I read some of the Spig Zarathustra. Oh, yeah. It was like... Reading Nietzsche is so different than getting into Nietzsche. Yeah. I would just love to read like a graphic novel about his yeah, ideas. That To me, that's what those lessons were for because it was so hard before Wikipedia. I think actually a lot of my you know, lessons in school or you know, in Toronto with the No More Lectures are replaced by Wikipedia. It's so great to have the first rung on the ladder. That's what they were meant to do. Just give you the first rung. If you're interested in existentialism or Nietzsche, I was like, here's right. what I, over time, got that helped me understand so I could do my own reading. But do you think that people are lazily thinking that scan, uh, skimming the Wikipedia page now of like great intellectuals uh, is they feel like, oh, I get the gist of it, I've done my work, and then they don't investigate more, but still think they know everything? It's true. I guess... If they think they know everything, then that's the... <laughs> I think I might be talking about myself. <laughs> yeah, I looked on Wikipedia. I know everything. Yeah, I know Nietzsche, guy with the uh, the uh, tweed coat. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, tweed Nietzsche. <laughs> tweed Nietzsche. For me, whether you're studying... You do say Nietzsche. Twe- <laughs> oh, outed. Yeah. Well, it is Nietzsche. No, I... I <laughs> the one I can't... Uh, I kind of draw the line is, is uh, Sartre. Americans don't say uh, Sartre or Sartre. Sartre? Sartre? I say Sartre. Sartre. Americans go right to Sartre. That's no, there's no way. That R-E in the accent is so intimidating. They're like, oh, you mean Jean-Paul Sartre? And they, they just claim it for America. R- is that true? It's like foyer. They let the R and E at they the end just foyer? disappear. Yeah. Sartes. They're like France? <laughs> Paris? <laughs> it's Paris. I go to Paris and I study Sartre. What do they I'm say like, wow. France? Guess you have a big military. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Paris, Frank. Paris, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I always get Frank and Frankfurt mixed up. Although, where do you draw the line? I mean, we hmm. say, do we say Germany and not uh, Deutschland? Aren't you sort of impressed that there are any Americans in any way even mispronouncing the word Sartre? Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, at least they know Tom, of the name they don't Tom, understand. They read a book. Not that lot. There's lots of people I'm in America. I'm just kidding. A lot there's of Americans of, do this show, lots too. lots of Americans on this show right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, in this room right now, there's a lot of Americans going, you dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so, definitely don't want to turn into an intellectual bully. I just think, but you the vibe are like, smart is what I was getting at. You're super funny and super smart. Yes, but pronunciation of words I don't think is smart. I all, what I all I was trying to say is that <laughs> I think it's about being sensitive. You're like, how would you mean? Res- yeah, respecting. How would Sartre say it? If Sartre says Sartre, well, I'll say Sartre. Yeah, exactly. How do you say it, Sartre? Damn, can't ask him anymore. Yeah, but you like it's you. You listen to this podcast, yes. which is very kind of you. Yes. Thanks for your patience and interest. And But also, you're known in Toronto as uh, brilliantly hilarious. And we brought up that you're a teacher and you're teaching. You're, 
one of the things you're doing is world studies with a group of kids overseas coming up soon, and you've done that a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that off and on for about ten years. So you're going to China, Cambodia, and what's the other and third? Vietnam and Vietnam yeah. in soon, right? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, oh three my days. god, that's three, amazing. Three or four days, yeah. Yeah, and so you take kids there and you teach them about the actual um, people they're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this person. Now learn about them. Next yeah. person. <laughs> this person likes yeah. too much milk. It's a really yeah. great vision for a school is to yeah. go around the world and kind of just gauge who likes milk and who doesn't. <laughs> you actually work for a milk company. <laughs> yeah, it's very milk-oriented. No, but you teach world uh studies yeah around the world yes that's amazing i think it's a wonderful vision for a school yeah where else have you been with the with students um mostly in europe most of the trips are across europe okay yeah is this your first time taking them to asia no so this will be my third time oh wow in these places so you're long insane airplane rides no oh, problem yeah. yeah my carbon footprint is a grave <laughs> Yeah, six feet deep, baby. Yeah, it's uh, Suzuki and I don't talk anymore. <laughs> uh, David, David Suzuki. Yeah, for those of you who do know, yeah, <laughs> no. Canadian nature pest. Yeah, <laughs> take that. Actually, I think most Canadians love David Suzuki for sure. It's he's, hard not. He's to. a very kind man that cares about the planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Before it was cool. Yeah, before it was cool. That's a, that's the main thing he says all the time now. Thanks for wa- tuning into the nature of things uh, now. <laughs> yeah, on TV Ontario or where is it? CBC? Yeah, CBC. Anyways, yeah, that's really cool. So basically all that thing, everything I was establishing about you teaching and uh, also being a brilliant comedian is that you're very smart and you listen to the podcast because you love the idea of utopias I love all of it. I love how you since you're an intellectual. Have you things? Have you everyone. read Thomas More's Utopia? Uh, I just kind of scan the Wikipedia page. I feel I know it pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice jacket on that guy. Yeah, great tweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually okay. have not read More's Utopia. Yeah, I skimmed it to be honest because I'm like, oh, if I'm doing this podcast, I should know all of the history of this. But then it's like. Actually, no, that's not what it's about for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not about like old uh, intellectual, like royal royalty. Like those guys were all, the thing is the weird thing about intellectuals that got to write books like hundreds of years ago, they were also like lords and stuff. And it's like, it's like a weird perspective. I think so too. Because then like Thomas More and I think like Sir Francis Bacon, was it? Like wrote something like... There's always like slaves still. And you're always like, wait, guys, you don't know yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I lose interest in stuff like that. And same with like old like Greek philosophy. There's still like servants hanging around. Yeah, and slaves. Yeah, and slaves. In the great yeah. Greek democracy. Yeah. That wasn't everyone voting. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like sometimes I don't need to care that much about referencing that stuff when I make this podcast yeah. because it has nothing to do with personal ideas of For a sure. utopian world. Shut up, Plato. You had slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plato's Figure Republic. Out your slave situation before you talk about a perfect society. Yeah, boom. Yeah, don't you think that they are human beings just as much, or is it just you and your drunk buddies all the time? Yeah, what's up now, Plato? <laughs> yeah, stop drinking. Well, I mean that was a, that's a huge kind of trend in philosophy, and even now, do you think that everyone 
do you want everyone to have a say in government? Right. Or do we train the smart people to run the show? Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Republic was like, it should be a world created by philosopher kings. Yeah. Which would just be like a huge wank fest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Just like Socrates, like stinking up the place, grabbing everybody's butt. <laughs> yeah, that was part of that was mostly butt grabbing, partying. Yeah, uh, it's good they didn't do that. That was my allusion to like the craziness of the symposiums, I guess. Right? Yeah, but um, which is what this is. Yeah, this is a symposium. This totally is a symposium. We're not as rowdy as the Greeks were. No, it's more green tea and yeah. uh, the or, sun is still out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were all like flute playing and they're like, let's take a break for some flutes and sex. Yeah. They would play the flute like uh, pretty hardcore. It was um, even harder than Jethro Tull. <laughs> Do you get that music reference? I don't get any music reference. You guys listening uh, earlier, we were talking about how I was telling Peter I'm not smart. And he said, but you know so much about music, and I don't. And then he made me feel better. Sweet, man. Jethro Tall flute. <laughs> I'll keep Mark it. it down. Yeah, mark it down. But I'm excited because, yeah, like I will reiterate, you are excited. And then you've written a lot of ideas. Like I'm actually, okay, people listening, he's got a laptop open right now. With a mega list. There's a mega list. I feel like this is going to be a very long episode, or we break it up into two parts. Whatever you want. Or it can be very short. You know? I can just say my utopia is a nicer place. Bye, Chris. <laughs> and we're done. You know, whatever you, it's, whatever works for you, bud. I want this to work for you. Everyone's nice. Peace. <laughs> uh, no, I want you to dive into it because you did work. I'm ready to For this dive. episode, I'm and I'm really excited because... We've had a bunch of episodes lately that have been more fun than the philosophical aspect. Yeah. And I feel like we're going to get heavy. I know. I feel... No, in a fun way, though. I'll keep it fun because I'm, I'm a goof. Right and off, so are you. Right off the top, I kind of feel like you're like, oh, let's talk about comedy. And my mind's going like, utopia. When will we talk about the utopia? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is like the opposite of most comedians that come on, I think. <laughs> But we do have listeners that I that yeah. have told me that they love um, all the other stuff. They love the philo- philosophical uh, okay. convos. Shout out to the listeners who love the philosophical stuff. We're say, gonna we're gonna keep joking. But say we're hi, get Carolyn. Get ready for this, Carolyn. I hope you're ready for this. This one's for you. <laughs> okay, go. Okay. Uh, so my utopian ideas, I've got them divided into a couple categories. Yeah. I want to talk about little utopian ideas. I want right. your help with this, just to yeah. boost our world. So on our world, how we are now, I guess, this is not imagination land. This is things we could do here. Yeah. Okay. First thing, yeah, let me just take something on my list. I see, um, okay, in my utopian world, we value the elderly. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I we don't need them to crack Pepsis and throw on shades and pretend to DJ. Like, <laughs> hey, oh. if that's what we're going to value them for, then go for it. But right now, I th- I see it. I think we're at a crisis of old people, where Google has replaced any kind of advice or recipes. Mm-hmm. And the the vibe right now in our culture, this is a nightmare for seniors. Oh yeah. Well, we all. Uh, our generation is 
panicking about getting old. We yeah. don't even want to get old. Do you feel that? Yeah, I mean, look at us. Yeah, look, we're a bunch of. <laughs> oh my god! Just for those of you, I at am home, not wearing suspenders. We are dressed so young right now. We have little backpacks on. We have colorful T-shirts, I've colorful shorts, Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> I am not wearing yeah. anything that itches. I've got a shirt that says "Never Dies." <laughs> no, we're yeah. gonna get old. We're gonna get old, and we're gonna. I'm taking echinacea right now. <laughs> we're just pounding echinacea. We're trying to reverse it. I. Yeah, I feel like I saw an old person on that. Like, first of all, ooh, that give me jitters to even think. I'm glad I'm not going to be old. Yeah, I saw one of them, and they're on the streetcar, and no one was getting up to give them their seat. Yeah, and I was like, that's just a little etiquette thing. I think is pretty obvious. Right? Can I just go on record as saying I do give up my seat for oldies? Can I go on the record <laughs> saying I don't? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there is no respect if you're not if you're old now, like really old, you're not cool, dude. Let's figure this out then because yeah. instead of making old people feel like a burden, mm-hmm. keep them in one building and lock it down, mm-hmm. how can we value them? How can we reintegrate them? Cuz I think they in other cultures they play an essential role of being an experienced person and right. offering advice and insight. Mm-hmm. We do not have that. Well, here's a devil's advocate to that. Definitely, there's this ton of wisdom with old age for for some people. But also, there's some old, a lot of old people, especially in North America, because that's what I know more than anywhere else. There are dumb people that were dumb all their lives and now they're old dumb. Yes. <laughs> Like, should we give them the respect? They're not the old wise. (laughs) Being old doesn't make you wise. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. But it doesn't make you worthless. That's the vibe. Yeah. They should be working in factories still. I think we're going to feel it when we get old. I think we're already feeling it. If you're young, the 13-year-olds who are listening to this podcast... Yeah. Don't know what we're talking about. There's about, yeah, there's a ton of 40 them. to 50,000 13 year olds listening this minute being like, <laughs> whatever, because you see yourself in advertisements mm-hmm. and you are catered to, and the society just is like knocking on your door and wants your income. Mm-hmm. But once you reach a certain age, you're like, they don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah. I mean, the, here's one way to value, here's one idea all of our ads have to be elderly people. Yeah. Every single advertisement. So we see them everywhere. And we're like, oh, yeah, we need elderly people. Wait, is this a reconditioning program that lasts a while or is this just forever now? Why? Like, do we have to remember old people are around? This is a desperation Hail Mary attempt to create (laughs) some value that we're all like, ah, yeah, that's why we have old people. Because we don't have it now. So do you think, like, you want a culture where young people are... uh, almost impatiently anxious waiting getting old uh, i mean that is the culture now i'm just trying to imagine a culture where old people feel cool yeah so Maybe like give me an example it's like if we gave them all sunglasses and we were like oh they're cool yeah that would be well beginning. they do have sunglasses they're just functional now <laughs> yeah <laughs> see they need fan they need cooler looking yeah. sunglasses this is a good setup for me to make a lot of old people jokes <laughs> yeah and the, is there any yeah that's because i was thinking like what is the value of old people in our culture? How do we value them? Mm-hmm. And I was like, mostly jokes about their lack of email skills. Mm-hmm. That's like their big cultural value. And when I say they, I do mm-hmm. mean me eventually. Yeah. So what 
what can how can we reintegrate old people people into yeah yeah what do you got i guess it's my utopia i gotta have an idea yeah you're asking me i don't know like here's a oh yeah go ahead because it is hard to like the tech part is hard because it is like an old dog new tricks thing and then people don't have patience for the old dogs like even if people do reach out and they're like no grandpa you don't need to put the mouse on the screen (laughs) (laughs) which is something that happened to a friend of mine for real okay he was trying to use the mouse on the screen of the computer you know what i'm laughing now (laughs) see but when when i'm old and they're trying to show me how to use their fun box and plug it into my eye and i'm like here here and they're like no wrong eye grandpa. yeah it's not your left wrong eye you eye. old idiot <laughs> yeah. get the fun box out of your nose <laughs> yeah, exactly so it's gonna my burn fun box too. fell off it's because you didn't latch it onto your left ear i got a concept <laughs> okay you ready for this it's yeah. like okay cupid yeah which is a dating site oh we should have sex with old people well, hold on now <laughs> So this is for like friendship with old people. It's oh not my pierced. god, and this is the reason. Old Cupid. It's old Cupid. Okay, old Cupid. But Cupid kind of <laughs> implies there's going to be like sex. I guess there can yeah, be. I'm not no, against no. that. I'm not against. No, I consensual. like it. You, you, you want people to go and have a lunch date yeah. with an old person that they don't know, yeah. and learn from them, yeah, and vice versa, yeah. Mm, old people don't learn, but. <laughs> All I'm saying is, yeah, 100%. That's very very nice. And I didn't even know if we learned from them. Yeah. But here's here's where I'm at. When my grandparents were cool, they were cool people, they're gone now. But when yeah. they were alive, I was 13 and so busy with Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now that I'm 34, I go, where's my Nona and my Nono? Right. I'd love to cook with them now, um, now yeah. that they're gone. I, and I just think it's a timing thing. So in your utopia, you would do that with strangers. Old Cupid. And you'd be like, no, no. And they'd be like, um. <laughs> I just project, <laughs> cook like my nonna would. Our profiles were a match. Yeah, thanks for meeting me at the green room. <laughs> yeah. Now cook these nachos. Um, yeah. I always imagined for some reason like okay, Cupid and Tinder dates happening at the green room here in Toronto. Which, if you guys don't know, wherever you are listening, it's just a cheap bar with nachos. Yeah. Yeah, great place for a date. I do feel like dates like happen a, there a lot when you're younger. In my experience in online dating, mm-hmm. there's like a pre-date Oh, process. you've done it? Oh, right love? now. this is, I met you online dating. That's how we're doing this. Well, Facebook messages. <laughs> yeah, okay, but same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I find in, in the online dating culture, there's always like a pre-date screening Oh, yeah. Where people kind of casually hang out and like, are we going to really try dating? Right. I, I like That's that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like because, you know, I've been uh, with Kathleen for so long now. I don't re- I didn't get into that. Oh, you don't remember the pre world. No. Wow. No. That's love. Yeah. I don't. Re- <laughs> but like hearing the stories of my friends, for sure. That's what it sounds like. It's like, you want to just get a drink? And then the the drink is like sniffing them out. Yeah, you're vetting them. Yeah, yeah. To see if you really want to go to a movie now. Yeah. Next, next time, are we ready for a movie? Yeah, are we ready to? Yeah, sit you don't. In so I guess like online dating. Screen? Yeah, online dating. You don't just go straight movie. Yeah, you go to like one coffee, one beer. Yeah, straight movie. You be like, you're moving too fast. Yeah, it's like get your hands off me. <laughs> They're not near you. Yeah, but you know movies. Okay, 
old people. I love that. It's a very kind uh, idea and very thoughtful. Okay. Okay. Great. What? I was try- I was trying to think more to monetize them. I was going for like an awful like, yeah, kind <laughs> You're of like. How can we? Good. Yeah, I got. I got. Were you really? No. <laughs> how can we monetize old people? That's yeah. what I came here to figure out. Because there's lots of them. Well, and you that's can like cash on the table, everyone. Well, let's melt cash on the table. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, that those jewelry commercials. <laughs> Give me your old people for, for cash. Why? How does his business work? I think they get melted down into fossil oh, fuels. <laughs> There's a lot of valuable uh, gas in old people. Switching gears. Okay. A little tweak for this world utopia. Yeah. We're, right. We're still on that main we, topic. We we can go big in the next one. Yeah. But I wanted to bring this one up. No. It's, yeah. I want to throw this one at you. See what you think. Okay. Okay. We restore we more eroticism in our culture. Right. By covering up our bodies more. Oh. So. I was just talking about this with Kathleen the other day, which that sounds weird saying because you guys are imagining. But yeah, I think like, I think it's, this is a weird conflict because I feel like it's women shouldn't have to feel shame about their breasts. They should be able to take their shirt off and blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't mean anything as much as like, it's just like how men can. Yes. But as a person being attracted to them, it is more erotic to imagine, to have that left up to your imagination until the time is right to see the boobies. Yeah. <laughs> which sounds terrible. Just keep I've... checking your watch. Is it boobies time? It's just... Boobies time, which sounds terrible to women. If you're listening, I know it sounds like such a dumb thing to say, but... I meant it in a nice way. I think it applies to more than uh, women. I think in our culture we've got a sexualization going on. I think I definitely, definitely think I should keep women my are over head covered up more. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you mean? I here's what I mean. Okay, is, sorry, I cut you off. Go. There's this idea in the 1800s of ankles being sexy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because when people cover up. <laughs> The only skin you see. I don't think I like where this is going. <laughs> uh, it's just the only skin you see. So the more you yeah. cover up, the only skin you see means the forbidden, means something uh, to arouse you. I think right now we're. This kind is of, getting very Saudi Arabia. What do you mean? Like the uh, the whole burqa and everything. Yeah, which is like, but that. Do you think that's hugely erotic? No, I. Can th- I say something that sounds insane? I don't think that's erotic. Yeah. Um. Women that are uh, wearing burkas, um, you know, I don't. I never. I never automatically. And this is being a sexist guy talking. Probably uh, sorry to say it this way, but I never imagine them being babes underneath a burka. There's, <laughs> oh, that, that sounds okay. terrible, right? I never. Yeah. Well, that sounds terrible. But I mean, like. But I mean, what is the concept of a babe? Right. Well, like, like a when you say a beautiful babe, woman, I'm attracted to. When you tell people to draw a babe, yeah, you know, they draw a pig. They're gonna draw babe, a pig, pig in the city. Draw, yeah, pig in city. So <laughs> when you ask them to draw like a, that's what I mean. I don't babe. picture like babe from pig in the city under yeah. a burka. Yeah. No, I know it sounds terrible, but I, I, if you could help me sound reasonable in what I'm trying to say, okay. For well, some reason, okay. Anyways, are you saying people women should wear burkas and then you will go nuts for their ankles? I'm gonna oh, let's work on you sounding reasonable because I think you said a reasonable thing. I don't think you're alone in these feelings at all. Yeah, I think it's you're a, just being just, honest about them. 
which is that and it's I, like I picture an older uh, weathered woman for some reason but then I've seen yeah uh, Be- some beautiful Middle Eastern women that wear a burqa unveil themselves and you're like wow yeah I wasn't expecting that because yeah. it's they're so sheathed in this yeah. mysterious cloth because in our culture yeah we are given this message that if you're beautiful yeah. you're you more you're more naked or you're showing more of your skin you're proudly showing it off yeah. constantly so when we see someone covered up we think oh they're unlikely to be beautiful because our training from right. day it's 1 it's literally like putting a blanket over whatever like, <laughs> i was going to say something terrible so I want. I guess what I feel is, I don't like when anyone's told they have to do anything. I don't, you know. Right. You, you look at people wearing a burqa, and if they feel that they would be uh, shunned by society if they didn't, mm-hmm. to me that's a problem. You know that we're that there's a level of control in their life. Conversely, right. the criticism of the West is we think we're so free being naked, but a lot of people feel pressure that they have to be sexualized. And that if they right. covered up, now they're not. Accepted. It's a different version of being repressed. Yeah, it's a different extremism. Mm-hmm. So uh, all I meant to point out was our culture is really pushing nudity, and mm-hmm. it's getting to the point where I think in order it to doesn't mean anything anymore. What I want is people covered up, but being like, "I'm super sexy under here." Yeah, and we're like, "Oh my god, they must be." Yeah, and then we slowly, as a culture, now you see a little more skin, nice a little more, and we work towards nudity, and we're like, "Now we got to reset." Well, to be fair, that's kind of why I wear baggier shirts. Yeah, if you're because <laughs> you guys can't uh, see us right now, we're both wearing tarps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're both super turned on by what might be going on. They're like kind of like burkas, but they're hot blue plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's really hot under here. (laughs) I All I was trying to do is spice up the level of eroticism. I think that's a cool idea. Because I feel like people look at naked people now in ads, and they're not turned on. They feel nothing. Yeah. They feel nothing. It's true. What what happened to our feelings of eroticism? Yeah, and even pornography is readily available. Yeah. And uh, there's tons of, you know, I just opened my laptop here. To look at my ideas for Utopia to me, and yeah. there's just tons of porn I'm looking at <laughs> in this Google Doc that I made. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. It's really it's good. Everywhere. I it's you everywhere. definitely have a there's type. Nothing we can do. You definitely have a type. Here's the thing. Uh, yeah, because this might be what you're saying too. Is I I looked at this um, this new photo. Uh, you know, uh, Miley Cyrus had this like you know all oh, this new photos of miley cyrus came out with like a famous photographer it wasn't the terry richardson ones it was like a new one recently and she's they're really great like i really like them artistically even you know they're cool but she's nude pure nude pure like the only thing they throw on her body is like one or two red or blue vibrant paint stripes but she's pure nude and so to a degree it's like the freedom of that is awesome but I know what you're getting. It's like I know what you're getting at. It's sort of like desensitizing people. It's like, oh, if we're just like actually just like even popular culture icons are straight up nude now. Yeah, that I mean that's it's that's like, kind of it peaking. Yeah, and I feel it's to men and women, and that uh, that's my kind of boost for this world is to kind of reset so things can be more erotic in the slow reveal of things. That yeah. said, I think women are living under a 
awful authoritarian regime of other people being experts about what they should do with their bodies right and now so strange right now well even like hardcore uh feminists that are 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 really wrapped up in uh, in fighting for those uh you know equality purposes right now like they are not agreeing with each other yeah like there's a lot of different factions arguing about like slut shaming versus being free and or being or not not placating to men you know what i mean like well i think that's cool like i think feminism is a yeah, really the discussion's rich really intellectual yeah but really good but it, i, I can I, see how the confusion is this connects to one thing is i'd like to see more radical feminism oh yeah yeah i'd like to see more radical than pussy riot yeah pussy riot is a stellar example they're of awesome. radical feminism yeah and but they're in russia i want to see it on the but they had of a toronto. float they had a float leading the gay pride parade here I in toronto know that oh yeah and there's an article about it in the new or new i was gonna say new vice magazine i saw it online but vice had an article written by one of the girls i forget her name from pussy riot it's so good you have to read it you would love it because it's all about making uh uh, protesting politics and making politics a part of art fun again because people are so like uh dismissing politics because they just think it's boring but yeah that it's so, but she's, so she's a real champion of the 60s counterculture and 70s county counterculture and how they uh integrated into art was uh also uh you know uh challenging politics of the time and stuff yeah i like i love that yeah i love it I Me think, too. I just don't think I'm smart enough to do it. It's because the word politics. What a yeah. word. Politics? Yeah, there's buzzwords that need to be killed Ugh. in this culture now. Politics? It feels like <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. There's ticks. Ticks are there's in it. There's ticks. I don't want ticks. You know, like, but everything <laughs> is political because mm-hmm. pol- politics means power. Yeah. Everything is about power. Who has it? Who doesn't? Who's telling you what to do? Do you mm-hmm. feel like you're allowed to do what you want to do? So you don't say politics, say power. You know, like that. That's that's the <laughs> yeah. game. Interesting. Uh, so more fun, uh, more radical feminism, more radical anything like protesting against polit- power. You you want politics to equal power, and you want the regular person to feel empowered to uh, challenge that. No problem. And have fun doing it. I don't know about the regular person. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how much I trust the regular person. Just <laughs> radical feminists I kind of am oh, okay. advocating for. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I was making it broader, but yeah, so yeah. radical feminism. Give me an example of something that you think well, I you'd remember like to see. There was this direct action group, I think, in the 70s. They were firebombing pornography stores. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't fully agree with it, yeah. but in my utopia, there's room for things I don't agree with. Did people with. die? No, property damage. Right, they did or it when, economic terrorism, as we say in Canada now. That's a serious offense. Right, that bill just bill passed. Bill C five one. Economic terrorism. This podcast just got both uh, Peter and I uh, files. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> started. It's true. Did you feel that writing on Facebook now? Where you're like, guys, is economic terrorism? Oh no! Did they start a file? On it's totally me? true. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to my buddy who writes for Vice the other day, actually, and he was like, actually, Patrick McGuire, who did this podcast uh, earlier last year, uh, I was like, with all these, like, um, you know, controversial articles you've written for Vice, like, don't don't you think Bill C-51 and all that, they've got a file on you now? And he's like, they do. Definitely. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's just yeah. like has to be comfortable with that. And I think in this day and age where we are watched, it's important. I want to go on the record as saying I think Stephen Harper is a great leader and a good man, <laughs> and someone. Uh, There's literally red dots on both of our heads right oh. now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, you know what I like about Stephen Harper though? He's just like one of us cuz he plays the piano and yes. I think does other things. Yeah, that are nice. Yeah. There are four RCMP officers here now uh in this room and sorry, they're sorry they're not here. Sorry, they're not here. I think I just saw uh some one of them mouth the words we are just like you. This is just a job. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. I would love to see you... cops are people too. You know what? Anyone listening, uh, if you're Canadian or it doesn't matter, you go on the internet wherever you are. Uh, please find. I would like to see just once a picture of uh, Stephen Harper really just getting into a sandwich, <laughs> right? <laughs> like just being like, mm, you know, mm, I, I'm, mm, I'm sure they tried that photo op. <laughs> And he's like, I can't get into this sandwich. I got bigger things on my mind. Yeah. I got to save this country economically. He's like, can't I just live off my pills? You know what? My I power got, pills? I got to read on Stephen Harper. I have we gonna, no idea. Do we, should we get into Harper a little bit? Because I think he if is. If you want, I'm honestly, I'm not a political guy. I don't care, but I love it. Well, this is how I strong. This is how I feel about Harper. Yeah. Because one of the big decisions he's made that is not going to hold up historically is developing Alberta's tar sands. They, right. All this money into oil. It's polluted the environment. We left the Kyoto Protocol. We're yes. Like, oh, oh, God. Okay. Well, I do care about the environment. But I it's will... like this. It's like having a parent who works at a nuclear arms factory. Yeah. And they're like, look, I know it's not pretty. Yeah. But it's for the family. It is. And I think Harper sleeps well every night. And I think in that, he is heroic. Because he's like, no one else will step up and do this ugly, super profitable thing right now. Yeah, right now is the key word. Because the the door's closing on And not even uh, right now. It's it's already dwindling uh, as opposed to like two years ago. And he stepped up heroically. When the, the window was closing and he was like, now. We cash in on the tar sands now. And they're like, Harper, they'll hate you. They won't understand. He's like, let it happen. And he ran out yeah. of the rain and it rained on him. And we don't understand the man, the hero, the Harper. So he, he sacrificed the environment for the Canadian economy yeah. to take care of his family. Right. So you think of him as like a superhero. I think <laughs> of him as thinking of him. <laughs> okay. Back to, yeah. back to other uh, non-Harper ideas. Oh, here's one kind of related to that. Yeah. Uh, this is something I feel really strongly about. A little boost. Okay. I, I'm okay that we still have a queen on our money. Right. But I want everyone in my utopian society to, to be- think it's a bit weird. <laughs> That's it. That, like, when the parade's going and people yeah. are like, what are they going to do? Are they going to get married? That we're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she really think she's better yeah. than us? I just want everyone to have that vibe. I think the royal idea. family is the weirdest thing ever. It's so weird. And I think that we're how we're obsessed by these babies being born. Like, 
what the hell are you doing to these babies? Well, I, they're on every magazine cover. <laughs> when rich people do stuff, I get it. It's different than our lives. It can be exciting. But the concept of raised... <laughs> Chris is not nodding in agreement. I don't like it. But the concept of royalty. Yeah. We're all born on Earth. Yeah. I think it's it hurts kids to be like, we're all born on Earth. These people were born a bit better. That's right. straight up what it means. Yeah. If if we're both in a battle and you could save one of us, God save that queen. And there's and every royal family like throughout history, there's always a few uh siblings or relatives that are complete lunkheads. Yeah. Like just dumb dumb troublemakers. Yeah. And it's hard. So it's like, oh, just like us, but yeah. nope, they're like, no, they're not like you. And the queen's cool. I saw a photo of her with beer. And she loves corgis. See? She gets she's it. She's cooler than Harper. But just because she's cool doesn't mean make the whole idea of royalty weird. Yeah. It's a bad vibe to have yeah. in a culture that we're like, everyone's equal. Well, the thing is, they are actually better and more important. By Do you birth. think that she... By birth. But I don't even know how that royal family started. Like... Uh... Like I don't know how how a family starts saying we are a royal I think family it now. Just like in a room like this, yeah. Just with two guys spitballing. I can call myself. Well, that's what all those like uh, reggae guys did back in the seventies, right? They're like, you know what? I'm Prince Jazzbo. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I could just be like, I'm Prince Chris and uh, Princess Kathleen, and uh, this is our cat, Princess Wolfman. Princess yeah. Bernadette. As long as you, if that snowballs, yeah, you're a prince. Yeah. Well, do you think like the queen does find it absurd herself, but then oh, that feels a like a slave idea. to protocol. Yeah, but it's a slave to being a rich person protocol. So that's still kind of like it's yeah, not, right. But I, that'd be that'd be such a. I love that the queen wakes up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, I'm just normal. I. Why am I? Yeah. No, I. I gotta get back to sleep. I, I gotta be the queen again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> if she's tortured about it, I'm cooler with it. I have to hide these uh, sour cream and onion funions. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> the queen can't have funions. <laughs> I have to hide these uh, yeah, yeah. microwavable pizza pockets. Yeah, if the queen lets it all hang out. No, it's actually, it, even that we call her the queen. Yeah. Just call her Elizabeth. Right. Liz. Yeah, but that's that's now you're not respecting her. Okay, I got I got another one. I got another one that I think a lot of people listen this to. This is podcast. all great. This is all stuff that no one said before. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Oh, interesting. I would have thought every podcast was about the queen. There are people <laughs> out there who've had this conversation with me and they're like, "There he goes on his queen stuff again." Just yeah. Let people enjoy a parade. Have you ever Peter? seen Scott Thompson play the queen? Yes. So good. Yeah. I, I, I got to get him on soon. Yeah. If he were the queen, I'd be like, put him on the money. Yeah. I'm good with that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to have him on and tell him you should be Scott Thompson as the queen on our money. Yeah. I think he's probably done that. I yeah. Think he's probably given out bills with himself on it. That seems like a great joke he would Yeah, I should have done it already. With I like a Twitter stole. handle attached and stuff? Uh, <laughs> I think everyone who listens to this podcast has, has thought of these ideas. I yeah. want to put our spin on them. I got okay. We got to rethink weddings. Oh, we this is, can I just say the heading is actually what he's 
what he's getting ready to introduce here. The heading is actually Utopian Ideas That Are Obvious and What's Going On. <laughs> Rethink <laughs> yeah. Weddings and Funerals. Yeah, okay. I think a lot of people, the vibe I'm getting, mm-hmm. except the wedding planners who are like, these are great. What are you talking These are great. Yeah. The vibe I'm getting is like, we got to re rethink these cool rituals to restore the cool. Because right. weddings right now yeah. is a strange stress fest about a day that won't rain. Right. And then who are the people who are going to set me up with the right flowers? <laughs> Everything could go so wrong. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. U-G-H. That's what it's all become. It's usually Ugh. Ugh. like... Now, because I've been at some modern weddings, and I've had a modern wedding with my own wife. Yeah. Uh, and both of us are not... We didn't. We just wanted it to be a party. It was not a big yeah. deal whatsoever. I mean, you, it still got a, to a degree stressful uh, leading up to it because you're planning a lot of uh, organization, yeah. uh, organizing. But there's a certain type of person that wants wants it to be a big deal. Yeah. So it's not about like the ritual as it is this type of person. Interesting. That feels uh is obsessed about having their day. Yeah, I'm you know? not anti-stress. I'm anti-perfection. Okay. And I think I'm glad you guys had a your wedding. So you're it, saying it's it, totally the personality beautiful, that sunny, clear skies, no rain. <laughs> <laughs> Success. Yeah, yeah. Right. You did uh, your prayers, you got your gods on your side and you got the day you needed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel our culture is pushing perfection right. for weddings instead of celebration. Do you think it's the culture or do you think it's the wedding industry manipulating uh, young women? Part and part. I think they're the, kind of the same. They're the same multi-headed beast. Oh, right. Beast. Yeah. Cerebus? Cerebus, the wedding beast. <laughs> yeah. Here's the kind of cake you need. Cerebus talks. Yeah, you got a lot of things you need. <laughs> a few of us talk. Don't they? Isn't Cerebus the multi-headed dog? Yeah. yeah Who guards the gates of weddings or Hades <laughs> and funerals? Some, but yeah. funerals. Funeral. Funerals should be outside on a nice sunny day. Yeah, like we could. I I I think the vibe is on a lot of funerals yeah. I've been to. Mm-hmm. Someone who not as fun. They're not. They're not fun. They're not, I guess. Yeah. What about this? You order a party pizza. Yeah. Guess where you put the party pizza? Whoa. On the dead body. Whoa. You grab your slice from your old uncle. Wow. See? That's, uh, it's intense. like he's still giving that's, you fun. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I want more emotion at funerals. Oh, you want them to be more expressive. I want more crying. And then after the crying peaks more joy right i want because people are like oh we want to celebrate this person's life yeah i don't want anyone holding back tears at a funeral most people while they're alive too, say i want my funeral to be fun i don't want everyone to be moping around all sad for sure that's cool but we want to mope around like there's no reason not to do both <laughs> right i read this my vision of a per of a no i almost said perfect yeah, there you so go. So I'm trying to do the funeral industry. What's happened to the wedding industry? Yeah, ditch perfection. Okay, perfection's ditched. Here's one model of a funeral you can use at home. Yeah, you don't have to. You okay. can do whatever you want. You can do Chris's pizza on the uncle. Yeah, you can do uh, <laughs> your boring on the one uncle. where someone who doesn't even know them talks about them for five minutes, and then you watch a slideshow of photos. Yeah. You can do that one. 
That one's allowed too. Yeah. Or, you know, when DJs are like that, drop the beat and then yeah, yeah, it's like that with crying. That's hard to do though. I, I can't drop so. the cr- like drop the crying I like th- a bass drop. I think you definitely can. I think you get the, all the sad people together. You start saying sad stuff, and then you get a professional cry leader up there. And they're like, you've been holding it back, and you're supposed to hold it back until this moment. Everyone's holding it back. Yeah. And then they're like, and now, womp, womp, womp. I, don't I just know pictured like the beat. coffin being raised up. They raise the coffin up. And then you see the, the ghostly oh, white yeah. face of the deceased. Yes. And then blue, like bright blue and red lights flash on his face, like, boop, 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 boop. And, and then, then you're like, eh. like, like the ghost comes out, and as, yeah. as it is put into the sky and dissolves through the wall, they're like, "Nothing, I'm going into nothingness. There's nothing here." That'd be maybe too scary. For no, kids. be cool. Be scary I for actually, kids. in your utopian world, there should be ghosts. Yeah, that say you can cry about this old thing for sure. <laughs> Just support support. I think ghosts. the I think the breakbeat should also happen while you cry. So it's like. Boo! and you're like but the beat's going like yeah yeah you see it yeah you get it can you dance and cry you can dance oh that's what dancing originally was yeah (laughs) more or less like it's the body moving and telling you what to do so you cry and you dance cry and when you're exhausted they're like no one more song and you dance cry to that song and then everyone's exhausted and then you can lead and do lunch and you have a lunch. So these funerals are almost going to be more like raves. Yeah. Totally Sad pacifiers, raves. glow sticks, <laughs> crying. And then at lunch, it's more like a folk singing thing. I just pictured a person on ecstasy giving a massage to the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it's part of my perfect funeral. There are rave funeral planners wub, you can wub, hire. Wub, wub, wub. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. And especially lunches after. And then after lunch, <laughs> there's joy. Then yeah. everyone everyone hangs out and tells stories and feels and makes jokes. Yeah, the rave expense. part was not joy, yeah. as I remember even from my youth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were kind of, really? You didn't have a joyous rave experience? Uh, there was always uh, politics going on. Like, is this girl dancing with me or him? But wasn't everyone on E? Yeah. Wow, there's... The the worry about who's the girl. Maybe I'm just remembering one specific party in Halifax. I went to Halifax for school. The Halifax rave. Um, And also, like, why were the bottom of my giant pants wet all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's part of the rave industry, funeral industry as well. Okay, I like that. Happy funeral. Moisten the bottom of your pants. Rave, cry, dance, party, and then lunch. And then joy. And then joy. But nothing during lunch. Very solemn lunch. Really quiet lunch. Yeah. You want to say something, but you're like, it's lunch. Yeah. You're probably pretty tired. Lunch is just that. functional at this point. Yeah. We need to uh, boost up our energy. Okay, what's next? I want to go big. I want to go something big. Yeah. Uh, tell me if this has been talked about on your podcast before. Okay. But I get into real arguments with my sweetheart, mm-hmm. Liza, my love, about this one. And I think I'll probably argue with you as well about it. Okay. The big idea is we, my utopia, you, we got to colonize other planets. 100% of my utopia, we spread humanity like a virus 
through this universe. Yeah, but do you get into arguments because what if there's natural life on the planets already and then you're displacing that by colonizing? Is that I, what the argument's about? Look, I've thought about that. They can ha- <laughs> we'll build like a little area of land that they can have. Aww. And then we'll take the it's, rest. The, the area of land kind of looks like a cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like an open air cage. <laughs> open they air. love it. They yeah. love it. Also, yeah. we eat them. Yeah. <laughs> But that's just one planet things happen to live on. We're over here. We're over there. We're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're everywhere. Because I wondered how you feel about this. Mm -hmm. The kind of counter argument is, no, you got one planet. You got to take care of it. No. I'm a person that definitely thinks... I don't like uh, I don't like how human race bothers other creatures. That bothers me. Yeah. But I definitely think we need a new planet or we're toast. Like, I actually get a... In my imagination, I like thinking about having a new lush vegetation, all that, in a new planet. Uh, and in science, in real life, how we're exploring all these places for potential for other life and possibly terraforming, I like that too. Okay. So you're down with it. I just don't want there to be uh, uh, xenomorphs, like aliens that just kill us. Yeah, you don't want to... See, I like that. By the way, in Katie Crown's Utopia... Xenomorphs were our friends and pets. Well, I like the variety. I like some are at war with us, and others are <laughs> pets, and others we're their pets. Yeah, that'll happen for oh, sure. Oh man! Well, this I is here. This is interesting. That, that uh, I want to be a pet of a xenomorph. You don't? Well, no, that would suck. But you like the idea of the possibility of them having pets as like human pets. I like variety. You're like, hey, xenomorphs should have human pets, but I don't want to do that. I if you're well, I guess you don't choose if you're just born on that planet. Do you think that there is God an owner? Um, Let's sleep. Hyper intelligent species out there that see the universe on a multi dimensional plane far greater than we do, and we are just ants to them, and they they are existing around us and don't think about us like how we think about ants. Uh, Michio Kaku uh, busted my brain one day with one of those thoughts. Oh yeah, what like just the? I, that's why I like. He was podcast. like, a, he was like, do ants like think that, or do ants an anthill beside a highway know what the highway is? No, that's how we could probably be right this instant with intelligent life in the universe. Yeah, so we could be like the pets of like another race already, and we don't even know it. What the? <laughs> we definitely are. <laughs> yeah. You're right. We definitely are. Where we, we are an ant farm for some <clears throat> alien kid who's doing an <laughs> awful job. This is on that kid. How come... This he, is on that kid. How come the human race always has uh, a gang of people across the whole world coming up with the same evolutionary idea at the same time, unconnected with each other? What do you mean? That... Uh, that synchronicity, like how everyone inv- invented electricity around the same time, but it's all who got to the patent office first. Oh. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe our owners suggest like, things to us. It's electricity time. Yeah. Now it's time to spice it up with a little this or that. What do you think? Maybe our owners like suggest things to us uh, and we don't get that level of communication with our unconscious. Wow. Well... 
I guess there's no way to prove it or not. <laughs> That's the me, main point. It's there's more no f- way to prove any of that nonsense. But it's more fun to believe it. I love it. So I think that's why I love this podcast. It's about a fresh perspective. What's going to just gonna wash over you as a perspective? That's why I like it. That's why I like salads. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> grapes in this thing? Yeah, that's fresh. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, I like the idea of colonizing. Uh, that's a, such a dirty word now, though. Colonize, colonize it, take it. Well, here's the thing, okay? This is... One thing, the reason why that word is so ugly now is because I actually like learning history of some of the British colonization in Africa and India and here. And I like the beginning, I like learning the history of the beginning of Canada, especially because it's it's really weird and interesting how it all came about. But... I wish the world never had the displacement of nat- people that are native to their land. I wish they were never treated like slaves or worse, which is what we did here with the uh, Aboriginal people. That part breaks my heart, and I don't want to. Uh, you know, I I wish it wasn't true and happened. And but then you feel like I can't have an interest in the other aspect of history where that wasn't the main point or that wasn't what ha- was happening. You see what I'm saying? Like history, even the exciting parts about history, we can't enjoy anymore because of our shame about some of the other aspects of how we treated the other people. You are a very thoughtful, sensitive soul. (laughs) Like I can't even learn about this stuff because these were arrogant people. Right. And I don't want to hear about their arrogant adventures, even though they have some cool adventures. But Samuel de Champlain here in Canada was working hand in hand with the Inuits, like they, though, him and his crew wouldn't have survived without the help of the natives at the time. Yeah. It's the it's the other stuff that like it's the other people that started coming that wanted to be like, okay, there is supplies here, we can survive here, we can make a ton of money here. That's when it started getting brutal. Well, I, yeah, you can definitely have cultural exchange without arrogance and dominance, right? So if you're talking colonization with other planets where it's a mutual a symbiotic relationship with that planet, then of course I'm all for it, is what I'm getting at. Okay. See, <laughs> I'm coming out of a different way. I'm coming out of... You're like, I want to squash bugs. <laughs> I, my images of uh, squashing bugs, squashing <laughs> even bugs that talk. Bugs like, I don't <laughs> No, not me, not me. Boom. Boom, spaceship to the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking more of the dinosaurs on this planet looking to the sky and seeing a meteor yeah. and going, what is that? done right and they're done and i think we don't stand much more of a chance so i'm coming out of it as i want to see us spread out so our children's children so two generations from now i see this happening so our children's children so just there's humans everywhere so a couple planets get meteored and we're still kicking somewhere yeah i'm i actually don't care about if one was colonized and one was sensitively done, as long as there's a wide range. Right. I mean, f- for me, colonization, it's so obviously it's such a horrible thing. But I'm my biggest mental concern is the human species is not going to survive. As long, ju- no, not as long as possible. Beating the dinosaurs. Did they live longer than us now? They, dinosaurs but- were around for... Uh, I, there's still some around. 
Son of a bitch. Right? <laughs> so we got Technically we uh we got to end We them. have to kill all alligators oh, right now. Yeah, we got to end them to kick our own record off. Yeah. And then the day that we beat dinos, we can be like shut it down and all the planets <laughs> blow up. Ooh, yeah. Like rave funeral. Yeah. <laughs> but interesting, I never thought that learning about because I st- I, I teach history. So we learned well, about Well, for example, you know Joseph uh uh, Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Yes, that book is amazing. Yes, but it's about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is sad because the book is a beautiful, beautiful book, and he doesn't necessarily have empathy for the natives in the land that he's traveling to. He's just uh, objectively describing what it's like. So, our modern sensitivities now—we could easily think that that is a bad book but it's a beautiful book i chris i'm actually so on board you see what i'm saying it is a beautiful book and i think it's so important to teach people that to study colonialism and see it as they were a hundred percent thinking they were doing a beautiful good thing which is the most frightening part which is the most important part to learn right evil does not look like evil in movies. Right. We tell ourselves those movies because we're so nervous we won't spot it. We're like, don't worry, you'll see it coming. They wear black and they, you know, they, uh, you can't see their face a lot of the time and they um, shoot first and ask questions later. That's what evil looks like. Yeah, or in uh, most movies now, they're just, uh, yeah, aliens that you've never seen before. Yeah, or they have Russian accents. But aliens with Russian accents. Can you believe the (laughs) Russian accent thing is still going on with villains in movies? Yeah, totally. Who's writing this stuff? Yeah, it's weird. And we should say that, like, yeah, it's in the world now, too. It's like, you know... uh, yeah, we have a. There's all this stuff with the Middle East and all that stuff too. Like, and and our media in North America paints it to be good versus evil too. And it's literally the same opposite end of the spectrum over there. They're like, we are fighting for our land. We're fighting for our families and our yeah. beliefs. Yeah, and these evil people are invading our lands and telling us how to live and basically treating us like uh, a second case, a second uh, class citizens. Totally. I think it's so worth studying colonialism, the adventurous part, what they, how they thought they were doing good. Because otherwise, how are you going to spot it as it's happening again today? Right. Like you see all these charity projects and people going abroad to help people. But like top-down solutions of like, I'm going to roll in. I'm a wealthy rich kid. I'm going to roll in and build a house for some poor people. Yeah. And then I've done good in the world. It's yeah. Like, that is a colonial mentality yeah it's it's ugly yeah um yeah can you hold my camera and take a picture of me with all these poor people i'm going home soon slum poverty yeah it's really weird it's it makes me feel uncomfortable for sure it exists i know (laughs) (laughs) well and maybe i'm sheltered you know because i'm i'm more i i travel more in north america than other parts of the world that, that but i would love to so, you know, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, it is weird. I, I definitely don't think uh, if you're from a privileged place, you should ever think of someone as a second-class citizen. They should be, you know, you should just, yeah, whatever, you know. And I don't need to explain that. Everybody that listens to this is probably a reasonable person. You know, that's just, you know, that's on my list of obvious things. <laughs> yeah. Utopian ideas that are obvious and what's going on. It's just that, you know... 
what people we just listen to people we stop pretending we know what's better for someone else that's nice yeah yeah patronizing (laughs) (laughs) that was our word of the day earlier we were talking about that at the coffee shop yeah okay i got a quick one okay okay this is about meaty let's do this one and then i am gonna stop it so we can let's never stop we're gonna pee and then make a new cup of tea and i think we're gonna have to do another episode okay let's slide this because we're over an hour already oh geez and that was like the heaviest stuff if you're listening you missed your flight and over an hour has gone (laughs) you missed your flight okay one last point and then you can go rush and catch your connector flight (laughs) (laughs) okay here's a quick one for you as you're going through customs if you want to eat meat that's okay. You can eat meat, but you have to work one full day in a factory farm on the slaughter line killing the animals. Do you eat meat? I do. Okay. You got so this is about your own guilty conscience you as gotta, well. It's not about a guilty conscience. It's about being connected to the means of production. We can't be distant from how things are made. Then That's, you can't make an informed choice yeah. unless you're in there. That's very nice. So you have... I don't know what age, though, Chris. It's like a rite of passage. At 13, do you go to the slaughterhouse? And they're like, here's the line of cows. Annie up. 13 would definitely, yeah. That's the sound of a bolt going through a cow's head. You're going to have nightmares about it. I figured. I actually interrupted it. Can you do the sound again? Okay. This one here? Yeah, that one. But its mom is right. Look, you want to eat meat? Oh. <laughs> and I'm now this hungry. one <laughs> yeah and then the next day mm, burgers i'm cool with it i guess you've passed i'm so sad now you know what though i have been eating more fish uh recently and they're easier to kill uh you know they don't look yeah. as uh cool. don't have those long fish? eyelashes you want to eat fish then you need to go on the boat one of those long line boats that catches four million tons. Watch them all suffocate at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! You gotta pull them up, man. We gotta be part. And then after, they're like, "Now you're a woman, or now you're a man. Here's your meat eating license. You're good to go." The thing with fish is they don't have those long, beautiful eyelashes that cows have. Yeah. Which are definitely a sympathy uh, grabber. Yeah. I know. The cool thing about fish is you can look them in the eye as you die and kind of find it funny. As I die? No, no, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, no. On my deathbed. We're not going to die. Read my shirt, Chris. Oh, yeah. Never dies. No dies. (laughs) No dies. (laughs) It's just someone spelled no dice wrong. Oh. (laughs) Oh, no. No, but say, uh, hypothetically, I'm on a deathbed uh, 50 years from now. and uh, This is already making me nervous. Or more, more. I should say more. Uh, I don't know how long I want to live, but uh, long. Never going to die. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks so much. That's a compliment. <laughs> You're never going to die. Oh, thank you so much. No, but I, I would be like... Oh, I got another quick one on like, that. would be like, Grandpa, do you have anything you want to say? And I'd be like, but get, let me see a fish. And then they hold a fish up to my face and I go... That's a good way to end it right now. We're going to take a yeah. break. Yeah. We got to make more tea and then this is going to be continued in... Uh, another episode. You know, I got another little quick one. We'll start the next episode. With but it. I just died perfectly while looking at a fish. That was beautiful. All right, go. What is it? No, no, no. We'll, we'll start the next one with it. Okay. It's about compliments. We'll start the next one with it. Okay, let's go put another pot on. All right, everyone. That was uh, part one of Peter Stevens on Utopia to Me. 
I hope you enjoyed that uh, first hour so far. It was a blast talking to him and uh, picturing all his amazing ideas and having fun and all these great convos. But it's not over yet. Uh, there's a part two coming up next week. Uh, Peter Stevens, episode 43, part two, will be coming out. So get ready for that. But in the meantime, if you want to look him up online or follow him at, follow him at Twitter, at underscore Peter Stevens. And of course, always follow us at Utopia to Me and tweet about it. We're gaining some more followers uh, since the uh, last few episodes at the end there when I've been begging for more followers. We're getting a few. So thanks so much. I'd say in the last few weeks, we've gotten 50 new followers. That's so nice of you. Thank you so much. Please keep telling everyone about the podcast and spreading the word and rate us uh, high ratings on iTunes and leave us nice comments and then more people will catch on and it'll just blow up. This uh, will actually, the podcast will get so big, we'll actually have to make a utopian world because of all these amazing ideas that are like flowing through it. You know what I mean? So thanks so much for all your help. And follow me at Chris Lock Fun. I'm always uh, making dumb jokes on Twitter and uh, uh, promoting stand-up shows and, and more and more. And also Winnipeg. I'll be in your city all week. And that's that. That's part one, Peter Stevens. We're going to just wrap it up now and get ready for next week because there's more and more of his uh, insane, uh, brilliant ideas. All right. So see you soon. Thanks. Thank you.